night. Good morning. You guys are wide awake. So, how many of you know that God is good? Yes, He's good. Every time we think something goes wrong, you got to remember, God is good. Every time we go through trouble, trial, God is always good. He's always faithful. So, I was reading the Gospels, uh, especially Matthew, and there's a couple different um, translations I was reading it in, and Jesus was talking to his disciples in Matthew 6:33 and he's talking and I'm going to I'll turn there real quick and he says he says to them he basically he's talking to his disciples saying don't be worried about things and he's telling them hey quit worrying about everything with what's going on quit worrying about the uh, I'll read this to you you guys will make it'll make a little more sense he goes look at the birds of the of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns yet your heavenly father feeds them and you are, are you not more valuable than them? And which of you, by being anxious or worried, can add a single hour to your span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. For they grow, they neither toil nor spin, yet they are clothed in more glory than Solomon could array. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? And then verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Now, Jesus is talking about seeking the kingdom first and everything that he had talked about, all the, all the extra, all the things that we worry about, all the, 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 the bills, the clothes, the, the, the food, all that stuff will be added unto you because we're seeking first the kingdom of God. But Jesus says to him, or says to them, seek first. Now, and I was looking at that, and I, I'm, I'm taking that part of the scripture, and, and that, that's a, a really strong um, command that he gives. It, it wasn't like, hey, you know, if you want to seek first, he says, seek first. He's telling them, seek first those things. Seek first my kingdom, God's kingdom, my Father's kingdom, and all the rest will be added onto you. Now, what he's saying is this. He's, he's not saying, hey, you, you seek my kingdom first and you're going to get everything you want. He says, seek my kingdom first and the things that the Father has told you that he will provide and take care of you and he will take care of you in those areas. So what Jesus is, is really telling them is, look at my Father's kingdom. Seek what that, the kingdom has to offer first. Seek the things that the kingdom of God offers before the things of this world. Because the things of this world, like he says, the grass gets cut, it gets thrown into the oven, the lilies, of the, lilies they, or the flowers, they fade. So he's saying, seek first the kingdom of God, because, uh, seek first the kingdom, because those things are eternal. The kingdom of God is eternal, everything around us fades. Trees die, grass dies, animals die. Everything around us is going to fade, but the kingdom lasts forever. So when he's talking to his disciples, they're, they're thinking in a temporal realm. They're thinking Jesus is going to come in. He's going to be a conquering king. He's going to ride on a white horse, have a sword, and he's going to destroy Rome. He's going to kick Rome out, and we're going to be, he's going to sit on his throne in the, in the temp, uh, by the temple, and, he's going to, in the, and we're going to be ruled by Jewish people again. But Jesus came for an eternal purpose, not just a temporal purpose. So Jesus says, seek first my kingdom. Seek first my Father's kingdom. Jesus said to his disciples, when you've seen, or he said to his disciples, but also people around him, he said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So what he's saying is, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first what I am seeking after. Follow what I'm seeking after, 
and everything will be added onto you. Because what you're seeking is, is an eternal reward, an eternal um, kingdom that's going to last forever. Those things that are in the kingdom, we're, when we die, we're not going to just give those up. The, the cool thing is, is this, is as our bodies fade, Paul says to be absent, with, absent of the body is to be present with the Lord. So as we fade, our minds start to go more kingdom, more kingdom, more kingdom, because we see what is temporal, and we look and we say, man, what I'm going towards is eternal. It's something that's going to last forever, and I'm not going to have to worry about my body fading and my joints wearing out and, and people around me dying and, you know, losing loved ones. Because, and I've, I've learned this, and people who are older than me have probably learned this, the older you get, the more people you know die. You see people fade, and you see, you see loved ones die, and you see people start to grow old, and you start to grow old, and you're like, I, why do I feel this way? I don't feel this way. In my mind, I don't feel this way, but my body's saying, no, you ain't running a marathon anymore. You know, and you're like, well, I, I, my, body sa- my body says I can't, but my mind is like, I can run a marathon. And, God is, and Jesus says, man, this stuff that's, that's around you, your body, your, your, your life, everything is going to fade. But seek the kingdom because the kingdom is an eternal. So if you guys turn over to Matthew. Matthew 7. Again, he tells his disciples. And he's telling everyone, verse 7, or excuse me, 7-7, seven, seven, he says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For whoever asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. For which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? So Jesus again says, what? Seek. Look for it. Find the kingdom of God. God does not display his kingdom out for us and say, hey, this is what my kingdom looks like. He's he looking for us to look for it. We have to, it's kind of like a game of hide and seek. God has displays little points of his kingdom for us to see, but he wants us to seek so we understand greater aspects of his kingdom. So he doesn't just go, okay, well, here's my entire kingdom, what it looks like, how it runs, here's how, how I operate, and he, he doesn't lay it out for us. He gives us glimpses. He gives us moments where we catch it and we go like, because we're naturally inquisitive. We, as people, want to understand things. We look at something and go, how does that work? How does this work? Why, are, why does this person do this? We want to know why. We want to know the answer to those things. So God, if he gave us the entire kingdom, we'd be like, oh, I know exactly what's going on. So God says, you seek, Jesus says, seek my kingdom. Seek and you will find it. So I believe as, as believers, we need to seek and be in a, a, a mode of hunger to seek after God, to seek after his kingdom, to see what his kingdom has to offer. To look into his word, to look into um, our hearts and, and, and our conversations with God and our prayer and say, God, what, do, what am I not seeking after? What God, what do you want me to seek after so I can understand who you are? You know, the, that song we sang, he's a good, good father. You know, I remember growing up in church and until like the last about 20, 25 years, it, it was basically God is angry. It, it, and most, it was that mindset that God, it, that wasn't a good father. He was, he's angry and if you do something wrong, he's going to punish you and it, you're a sinner. But he's not. He's a good father. He, he loves us. He doesn't like it when we do stupid things and we sin, but he's a good father. So God says, when you seek me, you're going to find out. 
You don't know that he's a good father. If you seek him, you're going to find out he's a good father. If you seek him, you're going to find out he's loving. If you seek him, you're going to find out that he's kind, he's generous, and he takes care of his children. So Jesus says, seek. He doesn't say, hey, just you know, wait for it to happen. He doesn't say, you know, you know if you wait here, everything's going to show up, big dump truck load of the kingdom's going to be pulled onto your front yard, and then you'll be like, oh, okay, now I get to sort it out. It, it doesn't work that way. Jesus says, you've got to find it. Little nuggets of things hidden in his word, in, in life, in the wisdom people give you that will reveal the kingdom to you if you seek it. The kingdom of God is so cool because we're never going to understand all of it. I don't believe even when we get to heaven we're going to understand everything that goes on because we're going to be worshiping God for who he is and we're going to be so involved in that kingdom that it's just going to be amazing, but we're never going to understand everything. We're not going to understand everything that God is thinking, everything that God is doing. And the cool thing is, is this, is when we seek, we find something and we grab hold of that. We take hold of what we find of the kingdom. We plant it in our heart. We take hold of it. We need to, when we find aspects of the kingdom, when God reveals things to us, we need to take hold of it and, and put it in a, a safety deposit box in our heart and say, man, I'm going to hold on to what God has revealed to me. I'm going to put it in there so I don't lose it. Because a lot of times what happens is we seek the kingdom, we get a, we get a revelation of, of what God is or, or who he is, and we don't take hold of it and hold on to it, and, the, and Satan steals it from us. Or, or we forget about it. I, I've told you as a story. God gives me little things here and there. I'll be driving down the road. be like, yeah, that's good. If I don't either stop and write it down or click my phone on and voice record it, like a half hour later, I'll be like, what was that? Because God has revealed something to me. He gives me a revelation for my life. He gives me um, a, a word for my life. Or just a word for what I need to do at church, in my family, in my marriage, whatever it is. And if I don't write it down, if I don't do it, sometimes I'll lose it. You guys ever been there? You're like, you're like 10 minutes later, you're like, what was that? Man, that was good, but I don't remember what it was. And I, I really believe that when we seek God, he's going to give us those nuggets, those bits of revelation for our life and for every aspect of our life. And we have to put them in that safety deposit box in our heart, lock them up, put them in that safe in our heart and say, man, God, you gave me this and I'm going to hold on to it and I'm never going to let it go because you promised this to me. God, you told me this about me. You said, you said, I'm a good, you're a good father. I'm a good son. I'm a good daughter. I'm going to take hold of that because if I forget about that, if I lose that, I can go back into God is angry. How many of you guys have ever been there, man? He's like, you know God is good. You know he loves you. But then you're like, I did something wrong. And then you're like, God's probably angry at me right now. We go back into that mentality. And we have to grab hold of that, uh, that, that mindset that God loves us. No matter where we are, what we do, he loves us. So he says, ask, seek, and knock. I love that he doesn't say, go out and find. He just says, seek. He doesn't like, send us on a treasure hunt with a map. He says, you've got to do it yourself. It's an, it's an active part of Christianity. We've got to seek out who God is. We've got to say, okay, who is he? What is his characteristics? What is his heart? Who is he? And how do I, how do I understand him? When you're on a treasure hunt, you don't just go to one spot and go, oh, yep, here it is. You, you actively look for it. You actively hunt it down. You're like, okay. Or it's like capture the flag. You're like, okay, we know there are flags in this area, but we don't know where it's at. So we've got to hunt it down, we've got to find it, and we've got to seek it out. Jesus told his disciples, 
basically two times, telling a parable uh, and a couple different stories. He says, seek. He's telling people and he's telling the disciples, seek out my kingdom. Seek and the door will, seek, seek, seek. He goes, knock and the door will be open. What he's saying is, is that if you seek it out and you knock on that door, he's going to give you an understanding. He's going to give you a, a revelation of who he is. He's going to give you a better understanding of who you are in Christ, who he has designed you to be, what he's created you for, your purpose, his plan, his vision for your life. That's what he's going to do when you actively seek him out. Jesus tells his disciples two times to seek the kingdom. Seek after what makes the kingdom great. What makes Jesus, what makes Jesus who he is. Our model, our, our, our focus is Jesus. We look at Jesus and say, you know, if I ever go into anything to be like Jesus, to be like the Son of God, to be loving, to be kind, to be, to be just open and, and, and to love people where they're at. To love people and to accept people no matter who they are, where they're at, what they are, to love them no matter what. And I believe that word he gave to his disciples and the people that he was teaching is an active word for us today. To seek him out, to seek out who he is, and, and to find out what he, and what he is and, and who he is. I believe we need to be seekers, people who hear and see what the kingdom is like and follow it, just like the crowds followed Jesus. Look at the people that followed Jesus. Hundreds of people would follow Jesus throughout the countryside. They wanted to hear him preach. They wanted to see miracles. People who got healed and set free basically packed up stuff and started following Jesus. Jesus would go from town to town. People would follow him and see what he was doing and say, you know what, I want to be part of this. I see that he is doing something new, something fresh in some people understood it was the kingdom. And they said, I want to be part of this kingdom. I want to be part of what he is doing. So I'm going to pack up everything I have and I'm going to follow him from place to place because I want to hear what he is doing. I want to hear what he's doing. I want to see him lay hands on people. I want to see him, I want to hear him preach. They wanted that little piece of, of, of the kingdom in their life. They wanted just a, another glimpse of God, another sliver of the kingdom to add to their life. They were seeking healing, they were seeking deliverance, they were seeking redemption. To seek the Father in His kingdom, to earnestly want more of what the Father has to offer. I believe that as we seek, God gives us a deeper level of understanding of who He is. He calls us, it says deep calls to deep, and what God is doing is He's saying, you know what, I'm calling to you, but you've got to find me. I'm calling out to you. I'm letting you know I'm here. You're hearing that sound. You're hearing me talk to you, but you've got to seek me out. You've got to seek me out and find me because I'm not just going to throw everything in your face and say, hey, here's everything you need to know. If you seek him, he's going to reward you. He's going to reveal something to you. You're going to see the Father, you're going to see the Son, and you're going to know who they are. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, he says we need to eagerly seek the greater gifts. I'm going to turn there real quick here. So we look at Paul and 
he says this, eagerly seek the greater gifts. So if Paul is telling us to seek the greater gifts, if he's telling us to seek after things, there's, that means there's things that we have not had in our lives. There's things, there's, there's parts of the kingdom that we don't have in our lives. I'm going to read this out for you. And this is where Paul talks about it. Verse, I'm going to start at verse 21. It says, uh, this is 1 Corinthians 12, 21. It says, Eyes cannot say, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you, nor the head to the feet, I have no need for you. On the contrary, the part of the body that seems to be weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we think are less honorable bestow greater honor. Our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which are greater honor to the part that has lacked it. Excuse me. That there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. Now one member is honored, all rejoice. Now you are one body of Christ, individually members of it, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, helps, administrating various kinds of tongues. All Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. So Paul's saying, hey, you need to seek after God even, even more. He, he's, he's saying, okay, God has revealed, the, he is revealed to you. Jesus revealed a lot to the disciples. You know, they're, they're sitting, these disciples saw things that no normal person saw. They're seeing things come down from heaven. They're seeing things go up to heaven. They're seeing, you know, things come out of people. They're seeing, you know, they're seeing things go into pigs. You know, they're, they're, they're seeing things that most people never saw. God, they were, got a greater revelation of who Jesus was than, than a lot of the people did because they were, they were with him, working with him, uh, you know, traveling with him, eating with him on a regular basis. But I believe that Paul's saying, you know what, that revelation that you have of them, seek eagerly greater gifts. Seek eagerly after God. That, that word seek it, it just stuck out to me when I, was, when I was thinking about this. You know, seek after God because He's seeking after us. He's always waiting, always sitting there for us, saying, hey, you know what? I'm waiting here for you. You knock on the door, it's, I'm going to open it. So Paul tells them to eagerly seek or desire greater gifts. We should be actively desiring the things of God more and more, specific gifts, whatever they are, to want them more every day. To have such a desire for the kingdom that every day we wake up and go, okay, God, where are we going today? What are we going to do? What do you want to show me today? What do I need to seek out in your kingdom? What do I need to understand more about you, God? So Jesus is telling us to seek. Paul tells us to seek after the greater gifts. And, but then Jesus says something in Matthew 11. Matthew 11. You guys turn there for me. Matthew 11:12. 
Jesus says, from the day of John the Baptist and now, until now, the kingdom of heaven, 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 well, heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. I believe there comes a point where in our lives that we start to seek after God, and it becomes a natural um, routine, and it becomes a natural habit in our lives to seek after God. So we don't have to, you know, we don't have those moments once a month or every every so often. We're like, oh man, I, I just need to seek after God for this, and I'm not quite sure because I'm not sure what's going on, and I need God to to give me a revelation. I believe that if we be, we make it a habit and a lifestyle that every mor- morning, every evening, every time we're going to be seeking after God. When we wake up and when we go to bed, we're seeking God. But Jesus says, from the days of John the Baptist until the kingdom of heaven has suffered violent and the violent take it by force. What Jesus is actually saying is this. He's, he's, he's not saying that there's war going on. He's not saying that there is people fighting. What he's saying is that there are, people are aggressively seeking the kingdom of heaven. They're actively going to the throne of God and saying, I'm going to actively take and receive what is mine. What he says is it's not a, uh, it's not a meager, it's not a, a uh, um, groveling going to the kingdom, going before the throne of God saying, oh, well, you know, if you could spare a breadcrumb. Jesus dealt with that woman that said, you know, well, you know, even the, even the dogs, Get the crumbs off the table. So if we have that mindset of going to God, God's like, that's not how my sons and my daughters come to me. My sons and my daughters come to me with confidence. We go boldly and we go and we take the kingdom of heaven. We go to our Father, but what he's saying is this, is the kingdom of God is not taken by sitting on the sidelines. This kingdom of God is not taken by saying, well, you know, this person is doing it, so I'm just going to sit back in my spiritual walk, and they're doing pretty good, so I'm just going to sit back and watch it because they're, they seem to be doing okay, and, and, you know, that's, it's a little forceful for me. I just don't want to be that active, and I like, you know, my comfortable spot where I, I, I sit here, and it's, it's okay here. What Jesus is saying is that the kingdom of God is taken by force. That means people are actively seeking, actively praying, actively becoming what the kingdom is. It's not, okay, well, we're just going to go in and we're just going to sit here and we're just going to wait for God to move. The kingdom of God is not a spectator sport. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Christianity is a full contact, fully active relationship. It's not like, hey, we're just going to go in and we're just going to be nice to them. We're going to sit on the sidelines. No, we go in and you know what? We love people. We pray with people. We are fully active, fully engaged in the kingdom. We seek out the kingdom, and when we get that revelation of the kingdom, we go and we fully engage and we take it by force. We go to the, before the throne and we, we, we talk to the Father. and we, we stand before the Father boldly and say, God, what do you want me to do today? Where do I go? Who do I pray with? Who do I um, counsel? Whatever it is, who do I go, who do I go to today? We cannot desire the greater things. We can't seek after the kingdom, seek out who, he, who, it is, who God is, and be lazy. We, like I said, it's not a spectator sport. It's, it's not like golf where you just sit there and go, 
why is this the most boring thing ever on the face of this earth to watch on TV, you know? Like, there's, there's, it's not that, well, you know, you watch golf and there's like only two guys moving at a time. All the rest of them, are, all everybody else is standing there with their drink along the sidelines behind the tape going, <laughs> whispering at each other, I wonder what he's going to do, you know? And that's not how the kingdom is. The kingdom of God is like rugby. You get the ball and you run and it's full contact. You may be bleeding out the front of your face and you may be stepped on, but you're full contact. That's how the kingdom is. We seek the kingdom out. We find the kingdom. And you know what? Sometimes we get a little bruised. We get a little battered and bloody, but it's a full contact. It's not this sitting on the sideline, you know, waiting for, it's not shuffleboard. Christianity is not shuffleboard. Christianity is not a is not a relationship of well I have a connection I'm just going to let let it sit there. Christianity is I'm going to actively seek the relationship that I have. I'm actually I'm going to seek out my relationship with God. I'm going to actively seek out my relationship with Jesus and the in understanding the kingdom and who he is. We can't make a relationship if we have no connection, if we don't communicate. Communication is a huge part of a relationship, and if we actively seek God, that means we're actively communicating with Him. We're actively praying. We're actively seeking after His Word and His will over our lives. So are we going we're gonna seek it out and say, okay, God, you revealed this to me, and just sit on the sidelines. Are we gonna seek it out and say, you know what? I'm running full steam into it. Because we cannot sit and say, okay, God, you gave me a revelation. You showed me what you want me to do. And then sit on the sidelines and say, you know, I'm just going to sit here because it's a little cozy here and it's safer over in this area. And over there, it's a little more violent and a little more forceful. But Paul says, seek. Jesus says, seek. And Jesus says, take it by force. God's will is done on this earth through us. Jesus can't come to earth right now and do what he's called us to do. Jesus gave us the Great Commission. The Great Commission was for us to go and do, not for him to, to come back and do. So if our lifestyle is like, well, I just don't, I'm just not that person. I'm going to sit on the sidelines and just, you know, I'll cheer you from the sidelines. God says, go. He didn't say, sit and wait. He said, go and make. So as we go out this week, Actively seek the kingdom. Actively look for the kingdom of God. When you're looking through the word, say, God, what do you want me to know about you, your heart, your, your character, your, your kingdom? What do you want me to know? What do you want me to understand so I can get a greater under, understanding and revelation of who you are so I can go and actively be part of the kingdom? I can actively go out and be part of the kingdom so I am not a sideline. I'm not a bench warmer. Let's pray.